Welcome to Grab Life Big. Grab Life Big. The exclusive podcast for healthy, wealthy, generous men who choose to lead epic life. Or as a few of us say, badass rich guys who do epic shit. And now, your host, Pat Hybin. Glad you were home. I'm always home. I'm on cool. Me too. You're doing great, dude. Tell me true currency in this bankrupt world is what you share with someone else when you're uncool. Is it my advice to you? And I know you think these guys are your friends. If you want to be a true friend to them, be honest and unmerciful. Grab life big. All right, Go Bros. We are in the Go Bro room with a very fascinating guest here. We got Diego Corzo on the line. And Diego was uh, one of the earlier members when GoBundance didn't even have any standards as far as, you know, how much you had to be worth, how much you had to make, none of that, very early on and has been smart enough to stay in GoBundance and uh, has made incredible progress. And um, we're going to catch up with him today. So, uh, Diego, welcome to the GoBro room. Hello, Pat. I am very excited to be here. Hey, buddy, why don't you give everybody like your little story from the day you were born till today? Yeah, that, that would be good. So uh, right, right now I'm 27 years old, but uh, I was born in Lima, Peru, and I moved to the United States with my parents when I was nine years old. When I moved to Florida, I lived there for about 14 years, and uh, I went through, through, the, through the school system. I went to college, graduated college with two degrees. And, uh, and then from there, I moved to Austin, Texas after I got my, my first job. And I've been in Austin so far for four years. The one thing that comes with my story is that when I was nine years old and my parents moved to the United States, we came here with a tourist visa. So we came here legally. But after six months, my parents decided to stay and we became undocumented, unfortunately. But it didn't really hit me or I, I didn't know what it really meant until I turned 16 years old when all my friends were getting their driver's license and I couldn't, and I couldn't get that because I didn't have um, the green card or the documents that will allow me to drive. But that was when it hit me what, that my future, there will be a lot of obstacles in my, in my future f- from there on. But I was still able to go to college, even though I couldn't qualify for student loans, I was able to work my way through it. And I graduated with zero student debt. But um, the program that Obama passed in, uh, in 2012, it was called the DACA program. And it allows the dreamers, people like me, to actually be able to work and drive here in the United States legally. All right. So tell me, uh, you know, Diego Corzo today, you're 27. Are you married? You got kids? What's going on there? No, I have a girlfriend. We've been together for uh, two years, so no kids. And, uh, and I live in Austin, Texas. And I, uh, I quit corporate America about two years ago. And now what do you do? 
Now I am a full-time real estate agent. That's my active income. I have a business partner and this year we actually hired our first office manager slash assistant and uh, it's been great so far. Okay, cool. All right, good stuff. So uh, let's talk a little bit about where you're at now financially, some of your nitty gritty. What percentage are you, Diego? So right now I'm closer to the 80 percenter. I'm 80 percenter, 100 percenter in that sense. My expenses are very low. Uh, right now I own eight rental properties and they give me around four to five thousand dollars a month passively and my expenses are around four thousand or less. So hypothetically I'm a hundred percenter, but I'm I'm still building and I'm just getting started. So there's a lot more to come. Awesome. And so what makes up that? Your rental properties? What how how do you get paid passively? So passively I have two homes here in Austin. Um, two one one of them I rent them out by the rooms. And the other one, I live in the master and I also rent, rent the, the other rooms. So I'm technically house hacking the homes here in Austin. And the ones in Florida, I have a quadplex, a duplex, and four single family homes. Okay. And those you, you, you just bought recently, right? You sold some stuff in Austin and you bought them in Florida? Yes. So I, so I used to, um, I had a business partner who I bought the properties with, but we decided to sell them so that he could invest in his business. And I just took the cash and I, I bought um, a couple of properties over there in Jacksonville. My brother's a wholesaler over there, so he was the one that found me the properties. So why do you like Jacksonville? Jacksonville, so over there, there is affordable homes in C areas, which is not areas that I will technically would like to live in, but the homes are 40 to 50,000 or 30 to 50,000, and they rent for 600 to $700. So the, it's like way past that 1% rule in that sense. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. So do you rent them section eight or how do you get your tenants? It's both. Part ours do come with uh, section eight section tenants eight, already in them. And yeah, and the other ones may have, it just may be like a family that, that work at Publix or like dollar store, stuff like that. Do you have any challenges, Diego, with that? I mean, like um, people listening, of course, everyone likes to criticize things when people get into something that they are afraid of or what have you. So they're in their heads, they would say, hey, you know, I don't want to deal with those tenants and da 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 da. But at the end of the day, right, when the dust settles, what kind of money are you making on these? Is it well above the 1% rule? And uh, do you have any issues with tenants uh, not paying rent and that sort of thing? Yeah, we haven't had, so one of the things that I've learned, so number one, we, we do have a property management company over there and they charge us 9% of the monthly rent. But one of the things that we learned is that it's better. So if I buy a home that's 40,000, it's better for, for me to buy it without any tenants in there. Like, I don't want that owner who may have that uh, home for like five years with tenants that don't pay or, or, or anything like that. I want to start from zero. And I let the property management company find the tenant. This way they go through their background checks and everything. Because what, what happened one time is we bought a home. It had a tenant that was living there for a couple of months, but they never paid. 
So, um, so we had to vacate them within two months of buying the home. So we decided like, I didn't want to go through that again. So from, from that moment on, we just bought empty homes and then let the property management do their job. Okay. Well, that makes sense. I like that model. All right. So let's uh, get into some more nitty gritty. Uh, what's your net worth, Diego? My net worth uh, right now, are, it's, it's a little bit under 400000 All right. And when you started GoBundance, right, what was, mm-hmm. you, what was your net worth? My net worth was $35,000. Wow. Okay. And uh, so, you know, and that's mainly through real estate investments, right? That's mainly through real estate investments, some equity there, and, uh, and, and of course, my, my active income that I, I saved a lot from that aspect because uh, I've been house hacking since November 2014, so I haven't had to have a mortgage payment or a rent payment since I was 24 years old. Wow. Okay, cool. That's, I love that, right? No mortgage payment or rent payment since 24 years old. And uh, obviously, you're just charging enough rents to pay the mortgage so that you don't have any monthly fee, right? Exactly. Exactly. Now, with the first home. A, now you're building a class to teach other people to do that, right? Yes. That I had a lot of people, a lot of friends were asking me and asking me, and how did you do it, Diego? I want to do what you're doing. So um, I decided to just do a course and be able to teach millennials how to buy real estate with low money down and, uh, and get started that way in building their real estate portfolio while they still have their full-time job or they can do whatever they want. Yeah, I know a couple of people out there that, are, 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 you know, that have courses on how to Airbnb mm-hmm. um, and they're killing it, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's cool. I just have to get in front of uh, in front of the right people and be able to share my story to on different podcasts and stuff like that um, to let the to inspire other people to do the same thing and to show them that it's possible. There's one guy out there that's doing how to Airbnb a rental, like like mm. you go and you rent it from somebody for twelve hundred a month, and then mm-hmm. you sublease it to Airbnb, you know, through Airbnb for you know, 3000 a month and he provides like the clauses that you put in your lease and all the forms that you would use to you know, rent from the landlord so that he's allowing you to sublease it and, and he's selling them like hotcakes. I mean, he's, he's making a ton of money. So, you know, no, that's, and that's uh, cool because you can probably tell the owner that you can probably tell the landlord that you can even pay him like two or $300 more than he will get on the regular market and because you're going to be making five yeah. or six hundred dollars a month yeah and it's something that people could do for no money down so people are always attracted to that you know freedom that free uh, that free mm-hmm. you know what i mean like you know become an airbnb uh, mogul without buying a property or you know what i mean that's attractive yeah people, wait a minute how do i do that maybe you can exactly. figure out a hook like that Exactly. Yeah. So I'm still, I'm still in the process of, of all of that, but next year it's where all of this is going to go live. So it's going to be, it's going to be cool. I'm excited for it. Figuring out how to do it without any money down or, or, or something. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. Okay, cool. All right. So what is your give back ratio, Diego? So if you were, if you were making, let's say 400 grand a year and you gave back 40,000, your give back would be 10%. If you gave back 4,000, uh, it, it would be 1%. What, what's uh, Diego Corzo's give back ratio? 
Yeah, so right now it will probably be, I guess, around 5% with my money, maybe a little bit more, but with my time, I like to support with to some nonprofits, especially the one with Tim Road, One Life Fully Lived. I've gone to seven of them and I've been participating wow. in, yeah, I mean, I love that event. So uh, I love that nonprofit. So I'm, uh, I give money to them every month. And I also participate as a speaker in the Dare to Dream uh, events. So last year, I spoke to 600 inner city kids. And then this year, about a month ago or a couple of weeks ago, I spoke to 280 kids. So it's that giving back and show, sharing my story in the, in the hopes that it inspires them to take action, to have a dream and to go for that goal. Because sometimes they don't, they don't have the resources Uh, And they've never let those and they've never had somebody given the opportunity to actually dream big. Yeah. And you'll never know, you know, or you might know in 10 years, you know what I mean? Like people will tell you, oh, that was great. But, you know, it it won't be till you're 37 and someone will say, you know, you know, hey, coincidentally, we bump into each other. And I just want to let you know that, you know, you inspired me. I'm sure you've already with the 800 some kids that you've already spoken in front of, you've already probably inspired a significant amount of them to dare to dream, you know? Yeah, no, yeah. And what's cool is, uh, so for the One Life event, I like to take a lot of my friends from either high school or people that want to learn more about what I'm doing. So I take them to One Life and they just get inspired. And recently I had a buddy who when, uh, when he went to his first One Life, he didn't know what he wanted to do. He was struggling financially. And two weeks ago, he sent me a text message that he finally landed a job, went through the interview process, and now he's making $40 an hour. And it was all because of he was able to literally write down what he wanted to do, his goals, and One Life gave him that sort of like action plan and accountability to take action for it. So yeah, so like now he's going to be, he's going to have an amazing life now in going that way, making his $40 an hour, having a job that he likes. So yeah, it's cool. It's all about inspiring people. That's awesome. So, okay, so let's talk about your health a little bit. Diego, how much do you weigh? So right now I weigh around 155, 160. And what do you want to weigh? I want to weigh uh, sub 150. So I need, I need to lose about 10 pounds to be, to be on point to where I want to be. What's your body fat? My body fat is 20, it's good between 20 and 23%. All right. And what, what, um, what's your GB9 score? My GB9 it is 193. Okay. And is that with the age added in? I believe so. Okay. All right, cool. And let's talk about your life happiness index. Yeah. Um, you know, where you at on that? What's your life happiness index average? Yeah, right now it's between an eight and a nine. I'm pretty, uh, I'm really happy. That's good. The way the, yeah, I'm really happy the way, the way it's going this, this year with the whole, um, I mean, if we were having this conversation six months ago, uh, it would have been completely different because, uh, so my documents that allowed me to be here legally in that sense, I have to renew them every two years and go through a thorough background check, pay 500 bucks. They go through my fingerprints and all of that, but it takes three to six months and my documents expired. So for two months, I wasn't, um, I wasn't able to like, if I could have caught driving and 
cut in a ticket, getting caught by the police, whether it was just to, through a, an accident or something, I could have gotten to jail or gotten deported. Uh, so for two months, it was like intense. Well, well, wait a minute. So, you know, people listening are like, Diego, why the fuck didn't you just Uber? I mean, you know what I mean? Like, why would you yeah. take that risk? Yeah, so I, I Ubered, uh, I Ubered around, but, and then I also had my office manager, he was driving me. Okay, I got, so did you drive or not? I drove very little, very little. So you did drive some? Yeah, yeah, did, I did drive did some. Take the risk. Yeah, man, that's crazy. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> so wait a minute, tell me about this process. So, so every two years, okay, so you came over here, right? You didn't, you know, whatever happened at the time, you couldn't get your driver's license, you eventually got, you were allowed to go to college. You eventually got your driver's license just recently, right? At, at mm -hmm. 27. How old were I you got my you got driver's license? When I got my driver's license, I was 22, 23. So is there any chance that you don't have to go through all this BS and, uh, you know, you would be normal, mm -hmm. right? So to speak, you know, is there any chance of that? Or is that, you know, or is that just you, something you're going to have to deal with for the rest of your life? No. So right now, my, my dad, he does have his green card and he's petitioned for me. It's just that the process takes like eight to 10 years. So every two years, I have Your to dad keep on renewing. Card, but you don't have a yeah. green card. I don't have so a green card. So what's the difference between a green card and having citizenship? Green card, it is a, it's a document that allows you to be in the United States for like 10 years or five or 10 years and you can renew it, but you get a lot of the benefits of being an American, except you can't vote. So green card is the next step, is the next best step to citizenship. Mm -hmm. And will he ever have citizenship? My dad, yes. My dad, yes. He just needs to apply. I think he has to wait another five and then he can apply. Wow, a long yeah. time. Huh? What about yeah. you? Will you ever have citizenship? It will probably be when I'm on, when I'm like forty years old, probably. But so, yeah, and you can't travel, right? Well, because I was here, because I'm here with with the with the DACA program, I can't leave the United States. If I leave, then I can't come back in for ten years. Okay, so DACA. What exactly did uh, DACA do? It just it just ensured that you weren't going to get deported. Yeah, so DACA gave me, gave me like an umbrella so that the kids, so the, the DACA program is for kids that were brought here uh, before the age of 15, uh, before 2007. So, so, so that is a key thing to understand. It's not like, oh, they have 20-year-olds that are getting that adults. These were kids. And now that they've gone through the school system, they might have gone to college, is now if we've used the resources here in America, it's time for us to give back, pay taxes, and so it allows be you able to, pay to taxes. It allows you yeah. to, to get a driver's license and to work. Yeah, which before I would have to work under the table, basically, whether it's been like a waiter or or just doing stuff on the side. And so, if I were to hire you before, I could get in trouble, right? Mm -hmm. For hiring, you know. I mean, essentially, you were illegal before, and then yeah. made you legal. And yeah, it, it made me, it allowed me to be in the United States without having the fear of deportation. Okay. Yeah. And now, you still got to fear deportation if you don't 
walk a massively straight line, right? I mean, so exactly. So first of all, what what happened? Why why didn't you get your paperwork in on time? Why were you screwed for sixty days? Yeah. So um, that broke because it, the program takes three to six months. It's how long it takes for immigration to do the background check. But due to the fact that Trump just became president, um, they probably had to go through more, more background checks. And Trump, I believe he also took money away from, that, from, the, from immigration. So they didn't have as much manpower in that sense in the beginning. So it took longer. But now, now if you had been diligent and gotten it in, two months before you got it in, it wouldn't have been a problem. Mm -hmm. Who knows? Yeah, who knows? Um, They said to turn it in between 120 and 150 days prior to expiring. I turned it in in that window of time, but it it ended up taking longer. So when that expired, it was up to me. uh, Well, due to the fact that I was working as a 1099, I still continue working as an agent. So that was good. If I had been an employee somewhere, they probably could have um, told me, hey, Diego, you can't come back until your document is renewed. So fortunately, I, was, I could still get paid. And, uh, and I had two agents that wanted to learn from me. So I had them drive me around to closings, to showings, to builders. And, uh, and they helped me and I helped them. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. And then you finally got it. So now you're all set, but you just mm-hmm. can't leave. Like you can't even go to Canada or Mexico, right? No, I can't leave. That's why I, that's why I couldn't go to the Whistler event last earlier this year. But yeah, you but you can travel within, right? You can fly to to Steamboat or whatever if you want. Yeah, exactly. So I'll be there in January for now, sure. Do they do they hassle you? Like, you know, when you're going through security and all that? I mean, do you you have a Peruvian passport, right? Is that how it works? I have a I have a Peruvian passport, but I do have an ID from the state. Um, so I just use that. And, and it does have, yeah, yeah. It's all you need. So they wouldn't even know. They just see a Texas driver's license. Exactly. Yeah. So it's, so it's not really a problem. Um, I can use my, I've used my, my passport in the past to travel within the U.S. And it hasn't caused an issue. And now your younger brother, right? Gonzo, mm-hmm. like he doesn't have these issues, right? Yeah, he got lucky because uh, my dad petitioned for my brother and I uh, when I was a teenager. But the process, the process takes forever. It took, it took like uh, six to eight years. I became an adult. And once I became an adult, um, I had to go back in line. And when you go back in line, it's another like eight years. So it just sucks. So now he, he has, he's a citizen now? He has applied for citizenship, I believe, but he's not a citizen yet. That takes a a while. He has a green card. Yeah. So, okay. So right now, you know, with, um, you watch the news or there was a time about two months ago, you're watching the news and, you know, they were talking about Trump messing with this and that sort of thing. Is that a nothing burger or is, is, is he really going to mess with it? Was he going to pull it away or is that just based uh, news what's going on with that no yeah so um he ran his he he ran his campaign that he was going to terminate daca the day that he was going to become the president okay so he he said i'm going to terminate daca when i become president what does that mean uh basically means that from 
when the moment that he was going to become president, there was there were not going to be any more applications or renewals. And if he really wanted to be a deep, like a dick, <laughs> if he really wanted to be a dick, he would have literally asked all the all the people that had their documents to give him back and then maybe start that deportation process. So so people like you wouldn't be able to get renewed. Exactly. People like, like me your wouldn't brother and your dad, it'd be a no problem because they already have the green cards. Exactly. But people like you, once the two years were up, they would have to break camp. Exactly. Exactly. So and that's what's going on now. Um that happen? So that has basically Trump has stopped DACA renewals uh, since October 5th. So earlier this month, nobody else can apply. Whoever missed that window. So I got mine. Yeah. So fortunately, I have mine till May 2019. So you may have to go back to Peru in 2019. Uh, Hypothetically, yes. But um, he has given Congress six months to act to pass uh, something for long term. So whether it is a DREAM Act, whether it is uh, it's some legislation. So he's just telling them to go back and, and, and redo it, right? He's not saying pull the plug on it. Exactly. He's, he's giving them he's giving them till March 5th to, to do something. And, and I think um, one of the deals is he wants to build a wall between U.S. and Mexico, and he put that in there, right? And, and mm-hmm. so if they agree to that, if they agree to fund that, then he'll agree to hook Diego up beyond two years. Is that kind of the, the simple terms of this? In simple terms, yes. It's all, uh, you give me this, I give you that, right? But right, right now it is, it, is, uh, it is a process. And I believe that Trump is aware of how much, so there's 800,000 of, of me, of us, of the dreamers. And to take out 800 people, 800,000 people from the economy, you will see a hit, right? I own, I own properties. I pay over $25,000 in taxes a year. Uh, and if there's a lot of people like me, I do employ an American. So we are an asset to society. And if he does pull the trigger, there will be a lot of people, not, not like foreclosures. There's people that are, that are in debt, bought cars. Trigger, right? It would be Congress, right? Congress will do the legislation, but Trump, because it is an executive order, Trump could, could terminate that at, at any time if he really wants to. Okay, so on March 5th, what do you anticipate happening? By March 5th, I mean, by the end of this year, Congress does have to create something. And uh, earlier last week, I, 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 got a, I got a call from an, from an immigration group, and they actually want to fly me out next week to D.C. to share my story and to talk to representatives of Congress, to, to people involved in that, in that immigration area, in the hopes that I could move them to vote for the DREAM Act sooner rather than later. Rather than postponing it. Rather than postponing it, yeah. So I'll be flying out there next week. So that's, that's pretty exciting to, to get that call. So you're, so you're doing that, and, and, the, and they found you where? On Forbes magazine? Weren't you on Forbes magazine or something? Yeah, so they found me on Forbes, and they saw that my Facebook post went viral. Um, I got over 950 shares in a post that I did on October 6th, because 
I got pissed that Jeff's that uh, his name is Jeff Sessions. He said that the dreamers are taking away jobs from Americans. And in my post, I shared that I didn't take anybody's job. I earned the job because we're a capitalistic country. So it's not like I'm going to take your job. Is if I can give more value than the person next to me, I'm going to earn that job. So I shared that, and uh, and I shared a little bit about my story, and that got shared by tons of people, and it got picked up by Fox News, and then later by Forbes. Well, wow, that's fascinating. So let's say they you, you're sitting there in D.C. right, and they're gonna and and they want to watch you squirm. And uh, they're going to ask you, okay, Diego, if, and again, I know that I'm dumbing this down like a third grader can understand, but, but uh, that's just how I think. So they say to you, Diego, okay, here's the deal, buddy. We'll, we'll, we'll put up this fucking wall over here in Mexico, and then we'll extend DACA uh, the way you want it. You got to make a decision today. Are you deciding, okay, go with that. We'll, we'll, we'll meet on that compromise, or, or do you say, no, screw it, we're going to put this off another six months yeah so i think the wall to be honest is not going to do anything i mean people that want to come will find a way to come that's just you have to make a decision yeah yeah for me to make the decision i would say build that wall and and give and provide a path for the dreamers that's what i would say okay yeah yeah. yeah. Well, you know, I mean, bureaucracy is a nightmare, so it's probably smart that they do that, you know, just to get it done. And, and as long as a path is provided for you guys, I mean, it really isn't fair, obviously, that your brother and your dad, you know, can coast through and hear you're suffering and worrying about getting pulled over for a broken taillight and then, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, ending up in the clink for... <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. But- oh, shit. I mean... What would you do? Like, you haven't even been back to Peru since you're nine, right? Yeah, I haven't been back. It's so it's been 18 years. What would you do? Just out of curiosity, what would you do if, if you know, this stalemate yeah. and, and then it expired again, and then you had a few beers and you're peeing in a bush and you got a urination? <laughs> yeah. You ended up there, and uh, what would you do? Yeah, so I do have some family in Florida still, but uh, if, I mean, not in Florida, in Peru, Peru. but if, in Peru, yeah. Um, I mean, do you even speak, do you speak Spanish, right? I'm fluent in Spanish, and I would go back to doing IT work. I would, for example, right, I can reach out to the, to some of the GoBundance guys and be like, hey, I do IT, I can do websites, I can, I can learn Facebook ads pretty easily, I'm pretty tech savvy. Uh, so if I really wanted to, I would create a web design company or web agency and, uh, and hire pe- and get people that I know that would like to work with me in that sense. Yeah, sounds like you've laid in bed thinking about this, huh? Oh, yeah, 100%. And that's the reason, and that's the reason why, and also that's one of the reasons why I've been so adamant about building my passive income, just because if I have 5000 coming in a month, I can leave the United States, go work in Europe, go back to Peru, but I do have income uh, and $5,000 in Peru can give me a, I'll yeah, be pretty happy there. In, no, if you went to Peru, you'd be able to go elsewhere. You just couldn't come yeah. back to the United States. So you could- Exactly. Uh, I can go to Canada. You go to Europe, whatever, Canada. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, 
So I do have my backup plans in that sense. And, um, but that's one of the reasons why I've been so adamant about being a 100%er as quickly as possible. So it's been a good thing that, that, uh, that I found out about GoBundance. And the funny thing is that I found, I found out about GoBundance through, through you, through a podcast that you did in Super Agents Live in 2014. It's funny how things transpire, right? I mean, like when I did that podcast, it may have even been 2013, I didn't even have my podcast. That's how I learned about what a podcast was, to be honest with you. Yeah, I remember. And Kobe started doing a Super Agents Live, and then I'm surprised I even mentioned GoBundance because I think there was like 10, 20 members. Mm-hmm. You know, at the time, it's funny how we say things or we talk about things. And then they echo through the universe and one thing leads to another, like a domino, right? Like, like here we are four years later or whatever. And so much has changed. We're at 140 members. One life was created. You're speaking to 800 plus kids. It's just crazy, right? I mean, it's just, yeah. uh, it's funny. And I think that's how you have to think, right? I don't even remember mentioning GoBundance in that interview. I, I barely remember talking to Toby uh, or what I said. But you do, and look what's yeah. happened since then. And that's kind of how you got to think when you're talking to these kids. You have no idea where it's going to go, right? And it's uh, most likely you're going you're to have an effect on thousands, you know, if you keep that up. I mean. Exactly, exactly. It's a great story, right? So you get, you build all this passive income by house hacking and by buying these rentals. And now did you, like, how did you deal with the loans on these properties? Yeah. So in the the beginning, uh, I found out that I couldn't qualify for any loans because I, since I didn't have credit or anything like that, there were banks for two years. They said, no, Diego, we cannot give you a loan. So I decided to partner up with other people. One of them being my dad and we started buying homes cash in Florida. And we went 50-50 partners in that sense, and he managed them. And But then after I was able to work up my credit, and I basically built a history, then they were able to tell me, yes, Diego, you can qualify for a loan now. But prior to joining GoBundance, I had two properties at that time, and my passive income was around 600 bucks. So... Ever since joining GoBundance, my life has changed, skyrocketed, and having mentors like you, David Osborne, Rock, Mike, Tim, like it's been, uh, it's been, it's been awesome so far. That's awesome, dude. Well, I'm excited to watch you become, you know, not only an American citizen but a millionaire status. And yeah, if anything I can do or any of the other Go Bros can do, please, ne- you know, don't, uh, you know, we're brothers, so don't be afraid to reach out. Thank you very much. Yeah, no, for sure. Let's let's wrap this up, Diego, with the, the spin of the the GoBundance app. Yeah, you ready for that? Yes, sir. Let's do it. Diego Corzo, what argument do you repeatedly take both sides of in your head, never letting one side win over the other? Hmm. What argument do I let? What argument do I let in my head? That's an interesting one. Trying to see like if there's like certain areas of my life that may have been like affected that way. And I can say in the beginning, it was more like a a belief that I've had that I wasn't, 
I don't have it now, but before I did, that it was like I wasn't able to share my story because of, because of the speech impediment that I had a couple till about till about a couple of years ago, or getting that confidence. So I used to stutter as a kid. Since four years old, I've been stuttering, four or five. And, uh, and in my head, I've always had that argument like, oh, I can't raise my hand in school because I will stutter. It's not worth it. And even though I knew the answers or stuff that I wanted to participate in, that argument just kept me neutral. And it made me known as the quiet kid in school. I would tell teachers that if I could write reports instead of, uh, instead of participating in class in a speech, and that argument in my, in my head did limit me for a long time. Okay, so how how did it win? How did the right solution? Obviously, the your argument that you were letting win was wrong. It might have been right because kids get picked on, right? I mean, it could have been mm-hmm. right defense mechanism. Kids are kids are cruel. But how did it eventually change? How did it? How did the argue a different argument win, and so that you were able to confidently start speaking? Because I even remember when I first met you, you stuttered a lot more. You know, yeah. so how did you, how'd you do that? Did you go to like speech therapy? Did you, did you just, you know, face the fear and it disappeared or what, what process did you go through? Yeah. So I, I can definitely say that I began to be a better speaker once I joined GoBundance. I can remember from that. Um, so I took the, um, what's that class that Mark Jaggi teaches speech, uh, yeah, the speech class that he teaches. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, whatever. Yeah, so that's like an eight-hour-long class. I took that class, and it gave me the confidence to be able to to know that I'm giving value to other people rather than wanting to do it for myself. And also, I had a conversation with Rock Thomas, the first event that I went to at GoBundance, and he led me through an exercise and picturing different things it, it, it's a little it's a little bit of stuff that like i can't control physically in that sense it's more in my in my heart and uh so it's it's crazy how that worked but i can definitely say that it's the confidence that you guys have given me that has allowed me to be able to reach to actually have that argument win over that i know i need to share my story and be a good speaker so you gave it a why Right. I mean, yeah, I gave it a why you educated yourself, which is smart. And then you gave it a why and say, you know, I'm not going to be able to do this just by typing. You know, they need to see my face and hear my voice. Mm -hmm. You push forward with that. Well, that's that's brilliant, dude. That's that's uh, again, that's inspirational in and of itself. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thank you. But thank you guys, too, because you guys were the ones that that I've never had a a mastermind group like that in my life or having the mentors. So you guys just gave me the opportunity. Absolutely, bro. That's what it's about. So listen, buddy, I look forward to seeing you in Steamboat and uh, breaking some bread with you. And uh, thanks for coming on uh, the GoBro Room. Thank you, Pat. Have a good day. Live big.